Good evening, my renegades, and welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane. If y'all don't know now, I don't know what in the world you doing. I don't know why I'm Southern right now. But anyway, yeah, it's renegade times. It's been a long time, so yeah, yep, this is what we're doing. any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me down in the links in the description below. So yes, yeah, oh, we have some uh, interesting episodes that may be coming up, just depends. Um, it's been a slow uh, production with Rogue Radio lately, nothing to be concerned about, just, you know, sometimes we get busy with life, especially podcast hosts so but we (laughs) you're getting on my nerves (laughs) yeah 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 that's what i thought quiet we (laughs) we have a renegade tales um episode coming up very soon um so look out for that it will be on youtube and it will be on anchor as well so let's get in to the politics everybody's favorite topic Man, you gotta love Toledo when a random chick just comes out in the front yard and starts singing a Barney song. You gotta love it. (laughs) There's just a certain wacko charm in Toledo. I just don't know how to explain it. I think this is where all the emo kids come to retire. (laughs) Well... How long has it been since the Cowboys won a game, sweetheart? Like, a playoff. Playoff game. 30 years. It took them 30 years, but it happened. Hey, Tom Brady, how's your wife's witchcraft doing? Huh? Huh? Yeah, it didn't work! That's what's even crazy. That's going to be like, shut up! I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> God, this is, I mean, this is God's team. It is God's team. It's damn boys. <laughs> oh, ding dong. The way kid witches' powers are gone. Did, isn't it true that Tom Brady's wife is a witch and she decided to make an altar for him or something? That's what they say. That's what they say. Oh, it's a rumor, so we don't know if it's true. Oh, okay, well, whatever. Take it as you will. <laughs> okay, listen. Listen, I, I, I know. Listen, shh, shh, I know. I'm, I'm going to get to the politics real quick, but listen. I just started... I just started <laughs> drinking... This new detox water that I made. It's, it, it, it might be a, 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 a non-alcoholic mojito. I don't even know. It's just water, cucumbers, and mint. And I feel really damn good right now. <laughs> I think it might just be the mint that's inside my body doing its thing. But it just feels really great. I'm relaxed. If y'all have anxiety, I would recommend this. Just as long as you're not allergic to mint, cucumber, or water. Because, you know, people are, are out there allergic to water. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. No more stalling. Let's get to the politics. It's everybody's favorite fucking topic. Let's go. Okay, we're coming in hot, so... Department of Justice declined to monitor Biden's... Okay, Biden's attorney's uh, search for classified documents at President's home, report says. Okay. 
The Department of Justice reportedly decided against monitoring President Joe Biden's legal team as it searched the president's Wilmington, Delaware home for classified documents. It's kind of funny how Donald Trump was first searched illegally and now we're having this happen with Biden. Are you confusing one person for another? I'm pretty sure they're pretty distinguishable. You could probably point out Donald Trump in a crowd. Maybe not Joe Biden, just because he's probably a raisin and he's hunched over, but you know, who knows? I don't know. Anyway, DOJ officials considered sending FBI agents to monitor the search conducted by Biden's personal attorneys but decided against the oversight to avoid complicating the investigation because Biden's legal team had been comparative or cooperative, I'm sorry, according to the Wall Street Journal. Okay. After 10 classified documents were found in Biden's office at a think tank in D.C., um, Biden's uh, attorneys prepared to search the president's search the president's other properties for sensitive government papers. DOJ officials met with Biden's attorneys ahead of the search, um, and the two sides agreed to allow Biden's team to conduct the search without immediate oversight from the FBI. Okay. People familiar with the matter told WSJ. Okay. Okay. Classified documents connected with Biden were first found in the private office of Penn Biden Center, a think tank in Washington, D.C., on November 2nd, less than a week before the 2022 midterm elections. Since then, Biden's attorneys have um, located more classified documents at Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, in or on three separate occasions. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to freaking do anything about it now, will you? Because he's a Democrat, right? We'll see what happens. Okay. An unspecified number of, of documents found in the garage on December 20th. The document found on in Biden's study on January 11th and five more found in the study on January 12th. You know what? I'm going to give Biden the benefit of the doubt. Okay. He might not even know what he's doing. He probably gets handed papers all the time and just takes them home thinking that it's okay. I mean, he is an old man. He can't form a goddamn sentence. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? I don't know if this is entirely his fault. Where the where in the world is his handler Kamala Harry ass? I need to know. We haven't heard much about her in a very long time. What the hell is she up to? That's what I want to know. You know what? After this, we're going to find a story on her. <clears throat> that little bitch snake in the grass. Anyway. Republicans on Capitol Hill have demanded answers from the White House over the document drama and alleged uh, a double standard between the DOJ's handling of classified documents related to Biden versus related to former President Donald Trump. What did I say? What did I say? Okay, this, uh, this water's making me feel way too good right now. I swear to God, it doesn't have any alcohol in it. Uh, okay. Uh, House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, has called on the White House to hand over visitor logs of guests to Biden's home in Delaware who could have come into contact with the classified information. <clears throat> the White House and the Secret Service said it does not keep such records. It should... Wait, no, not his house. But the White House should. The White House should. His house shouldn't, but... It okay. Um, in August, the FBI raided Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago, Mar Mar whatever, uh, the former president's Florida resort to recover allegedly classified documents that Trump had refused to hand over um, to the government. 
In November, Attorney General Merrick Garland handed the DOJ investigation into Trump's documents um, to a special counsel, former war crimes prosecutor Jack Smith. Garland appointed former U.S. District Attorney Robert Herr as a special counsel to take over the DOJ investigation into Biden's handling of the classified documents. The White House accused House Republicans for playing politics over classified documents on Monday. So you're saying that it's okay to raid a Republican's home of a former president given I don't think he was allowed to have that documentation even after his, you know, run as president. Who knows what he was trying to do? We all make mistakes. And I'm not even saying that just because he's Republican and I kind of lean that way. I'm just saying it happens. Okay? But I find it funny how Biden, who has made the exact same mistake, and all the House Democrats are saying, you guys are playing politics. You shouldn't be nitpicking all this stuff. I'm just like, dude... You did it when Trump got out of office. You guys decided to raid his home without his knowledge. But that's okay. That's not you guys, you know, fucking playing politics and puppeteering shit. But when Biden does it, it's okay. It's an honest mistake. House Republicans are playing politics uh, in a shamelessly hypocritical attempt to attack President Biden. He was found with the documents. You know what? I need one of those taboo buzzers. Every time I read about a Democrat saying something stupid, I'm just going to go, can't say that. Shut up. Okay. White House spokesperson spokesman Ian Sam said, uh, their demands should not be met with skepticism and they should face questions themselves about why they are politicizing this issue and admitting they actually do not care about the underlying classified material. Okay, <clears throat> from what I know from this article, nobody knows what actually is in the classified documents that Biden took home. Okay. No one knows that yet. I'm pretty sure if it is approved by the House and approved by the White House and whoever decides to approve it, we will find out. Maybe a little bit. Who knows? But um, other than that, shut up. Why are you, you guys politicized the same idea? You guys politicized it when Trump got caught with the same shit. But it's okay for you to point the finger at Republicans saying you're not getting it. It's about the material inside the documents. Sure it is. But whose hands had the documents? It was Biden's, okay? Somebody needs to monitor that old man, all-timer-ridden raisin, and figure out what he's taking home. Because apparently he don't know shit. He don't, he don't know what's going on. Okay. <clears throat> Alright, referring to Comer earlier expressing concern over the discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated. Yes! He... I don't know. I'm not gonna... I am too on fire today. I just... Uh, we're gonna go to the next story before I get pissed off. I didn't know, I didn't know terrorists were on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I can only manage like maybe three apps for Rogue Radio. But it's, uh, we're, we're just gonna read it. We're just gonna read this article. Twitter appears to remove blue check marks from Taliban authorities. Who put them on Twitter? <laughs> Twitter appeared to take away verified check marks from Taliban accounts that purchased them. Oh, they purchased them. They didn't earn them? Oh. 
Wait, do you usually purchase? I know nothing about Twitter. Let's just keep going. Um, in the past, Twitter only provided the verified marks to groups that were active, notable, and authentic accounts of public interest. According to The Guardian, however, Elon Musk's new plan has been to allow people to pay money for the check marks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Twitter blue verification system outlined in December costs $8 each month with the greater price of $11 charged to people who use social media app and on an Apple like electronic devices. I don't know why you need to pay for a fucking blue check mark. You're gonna pay $11 for a fucking check mark just to be verified and be relevant to people? Listen. I don't I I don't have any real opinion about Elon Musk, but that's stupid. I'm sorry. I, that's stupid. I, you can't acquire that. That's not tangible. That's not going to pay your bills. That's not going to put food in your stomach. And it's not going to nourish you in any way. It's not going to help you in any way. Like, it's cyberspace. It, I mean, if you pulled the plug, it wouldn't exist and people would go crazy. But I, it's not actually there. You guys realize that everything on the screen isn't actually there. It's not real. It's just a picture and different router protocols and all that other shit. It, it doesn't exist. And we've become obsessed with it so much to the point where we want to pay $8 a month for a fucking blue check mark. How is that going to help me pay my bills? How how is that going to help me uh you know pay my car off or my mortgage? I hope to god you guys don't have to pull out a mortgage for shit. <laughs> That's terrible. I just don't see the use of a blue check mark. Just like in Instagram, like they have a blue check mark for people who are verified. I mean, I understand, like, you want to know that you're actually following the real person, but dude, uh, you're not a celebrity. Regular people aren't celebrities. I'm sorry. And celebrities are assholes, okay? You just need to not put your faith in so many people who are blue check marked on Twitter or Instagram. Like, they're people. They're, they're just fucking people. They don't need a badge. I don't know. It's just... To me, it's stupid. I don't like it. Paying $8 a month for a blue check mark on your goddamn profile. What's next? I don't know. Uh, but that is my opinion. I just don't see how that is gonna, you know, be useful in anybody's life, but it is a way to get priority ranking in search mentions and replies to help lower the visibility of scam, spam, and bots, according to Twitter. See, the thing is, is that even if I did get verified, I really don't think the ads would stop. The ads are there for life. The adpocalypse has happened years ago and it's still going on and it's worse. So, that's a lie. You're just pulling shit out your ass, Musk. Um, Twitter also clarifies that the blue check could mean that the account has an active subscription to the new Twitter blue subscription service and has met our eligibility criteria or the account has previously verified was previously verified under the legacy verification criteria. The system was relaunched in December, but the first introduction had been unsuccessful after people tried to pose as organizations or political figures. No shit, really? <laughs> They've been doing that a lot. Have I got have I told you guys about the, the uh, TikTok guy that decided to try to be Christopher Sabat on, uh, on TikTok. If you guys don't know who Christopher Sabat is or however you say his name, he's the voice of, he's the American voice of All Might from My Hero Academia. And 
there are times when I get like spam accounts wanting to follow me and message me. That's just normal. But this particular person was posing as Christopher. He even had like the only one video that he had on his verified account because you guys can like download the video and put it on and share it and stuff like that. But he didn't have the blue check mark. So I understand the use of the blue check mark. It's fine. I just don't, I don't see how an ordinary person should need that. That's just me. But the thing is, it's funny because there's also a thing called common sense where people, they um, try to pose as this person, but they also can't take the name of the person, so they have to, like, put a one, like, at the end, or some shit. And this guy full-on was like, hey, you remind me of somebody I used to know, and so can you, um, give me your Google account so we can, like, hang out on Google Hangout, and I'm like, oh, no, no. How old do you think I am? How stupid do you think I am? I blasted his ass on TikTok. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> because if it if it wasn't for me making that video, then there would be kids that actually would have fallen victim to that. I hate that. I hate that with a passion. Um, so yeah. But that that's my experience. Uh, so, spam accounts are always gonna be there. They're always gonna be there, you just have to have common sense, and especially kids nowadays, you guys have to have some sort of knowledge, that way you guys know who to trust online and who not to. You know, um, I am part of, I'm a leader, uh, this, I'm not a leader, but I, I am a leader, but I'm not the leader, but, um... I am one of the leaders of this girls group um, in my town, and I teach the girls how to be safe online because they need to be. Everybody needs to be safe online. So I understand, like, the blue check mark, I understand it, but ordinary people I don't think need it, you know? But it's just me. It's just me. As of Monday, the accounts of the leader of the Taliban's Department of Access to Information, Hedayatullah, Hedayat, and uh, its top media watchdog at the Afghan Ministry of Information and Culture, Abdul Haq Hamand, each had blue check marks. Four other um, major backers of the terrorist group also were utilizing the verification marks. I like that Musk is trying to weed out the evil people on uh, Twitter, which is great. Um, so I understand, like, his reasoning for the blue jet lurk. I'm just saying. I don't need one, personally. But Anyway, the BBC reported on the fact that the Taliban members were utilizing the method of buying the verification. Um... The terrorist group also took control of verified Twitter accounts that had been used by the prior administration. After the report came out, it appeared as if Twitter uh, stopped the blue checkmark subscriptions for the members of the Taliban. On Tuesday, Hediyat and Hammond's um, Twitter accounts did not have the blue checkmarks anymore. It wasn't entirely obvious uh, what had caused the blue check marks to uh, no longer be on the accounts. They were part of the Taliban, right? Well, that, that'd be a good fucking reason. Um, Musk has taken to keeping some users off the platform while allowing the others to come back on after he took over control of the company. Um, the Babylon Bee was kicked off of the platform for... The joke that um, its Man of the Year award was going to Rachel Levine, a biological male who um, is the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
Oh, Lord. Um, at the time, Twitter said in a statement regarding... Um, I don't understand that. Hang on, I'm really sorry. Account you referenced has been temporarily locked for violating your hateful conduct policy. The account owner is required to delete and vi- the volative, violative, I don't know how you say that, viol- violating tweet before regaining access to their account. The Babylon Bee was put back on Twitter after Musk took over. Well, interesting. Anyway. Listen, I don't know how y'all put up with me. That took 11 minutes for me to rant about and read the whole freaking article. I don't understand myself sometimes. Do you guys... Now I know why Kamala Harry-ass is not in the news. She's taking care of all the immigrants that came to her <laughs> at her home on Christmas Eve. Let me let me check the date because I feel like I've read that before. Oh yeah, it happened last. Well, it happened this year, didn't it? Well, last year, technically. Um, but yes, it is most recent, isn't it? Busloads of migrants dropped off at Kamala Harry-ass's home on Christmas Eve. A flurry of buses dropped off dozens of migrants at the Washington, D.C. residence. A vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, on a frigid Christmas Eve. Texas Governor Greg Abbott and other Republicans leading southern states have arranged the transport of thousands of migrants to liberal enclaves um, such as Chicago, New York City, Martha's Vineyard, and Washington, D.C. in recent months to draw attention to the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. Yes, isn't she supposed to be the border czar, right? She's not doing shit. While a hairy ass is not doing shit. What the fuck? (laughs) With the temperature dipping uh, into the teens, um, buses with approximately 50 migrants were expected to arrive late Saturday in front of the U.S. Naval Observatory, a source told CNN. A reporter with 7 News and a local ABC affiliate caught what... uh, he said was the third and final bus of the night, noting it came from Texas. <laughs> Is there going to be any narration? Okay, yeah, no. It won't. It didn't even show the picture, and I know you guys don't even see it. I just wanted some type of narration. I can't talk now. But anyway, that's the whole thing. Oh, CNN's Noah Gray cited that Amy Fisher with the Migrant Solidarity Mutual Aid saying the asylum seekers were originally headed for New York but shifted to D.C. because of the weather. <laughs> um, he reported the migrants were being bussed locally by the Migrant Solidarity Mutual Aid Network. These migrants arrived in D.C. as the Supreme Court decides the fate of Title 42, a controversial Trump-era public health order that allows U.S. border agents to turn away migrants, including those seeking an asylum. um, Or seeking asylum, sorry. uh, On an expedited basis, a group of Republican-led states, including Texas, are fighting the Biden administration in court to keep the emergency powers alive, warning of the potential for more chaos at the border. <laughs> U.S. authorities reported that two, more than 2 million migrant um, encounters at the border in fiscal year 2022, a marked increase from the prior year, when that figure has reported an October Customs Border 
Protection Commissioner Chris Magus said failing regimes in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua were driving a new wave of migrants across the Western Hemisphere. In um, announcing buses traveling outside Harris's home um, in the Naval Observatory in September, Abbott noted the vice president was President Joe Biden's pick to lead administration efforts to take the migration challenge um, at the U.S.-Mexico border, a job which critics say uh, she has failed to take seriously. Of course! Of course not. She's having sex with all the Democrats in the House. I mean, are we really... Are we really surprised that the hoe can't keep her legs closed either? You do realize that she fucked her way to the top, right? You do realize that she was in bed with Harvey Weinstein. Hey, job, which critics say she has failed to take seriously. Okay, we already read that. The Biden-Harris administration continues ignoring and denying uh, the historic crisis at our southern border, which was endangered and overwhelmed uh, Texas communities for almost two years, Abbott said in a statement at the time. Our supposed border czar... Why is she called a czar? That's a fucking Russian word. I've already ranted about this stupid-ass name. Okay. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris has yet to even visit the border to see firsthand the impact of the open border policies she has helped implement. Even going so far as to claim that the border is secure, Texas will continue sending migrants to sanctuary cities like Washington, D.C. until President Biden and border czar Harry Ass uh, step up and do their jobs to secure the border. Um, in October, Harry Ass took a swipe at Abbott, saying his actions were an absolute de- dereliction of duty during an appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. Jesus, can we keep entertainment and politics separate, please? Sometimes I just want to escape and laugh at, you know, watching Saturday Night Live. Like, I don't want to see Obama or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden on there, okay? I really don't. But anyway, if you see a problem and we agree that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? They've fled uh, great harm and they are coming here seeking refuge. Talk about... Talk about political theater. What the fuck is she even talking about? You are supposed to be controlling that, stupid. You're complaining about your own lack of responsibility, stupid. Time for a break. How about you make a nice non-alcoholic mojito, alright? And just chill and vibe for a minute. Okay, if me ranting about the politics was not entertaining enough, let's just go into the random stuff that I find interesting and entertaining. So let's just do that right now. (laughs) Okay, story number one. This is five signs that you have unprocessed attachment trauma. So this is fun. People with... Unprocessed attachment trauma often reports similar behaviors or psychological symptoms um, that affect the quality of their adult lives. 
unexplained physical ailments may originate from having experienced early trauma. Trauma blocking behaviors occur by engaging in compulsive behaviors that momentarily distract from traumatic memories or pain. So, I'm a peer support specialist, which means I get to be... I kind of find it like... The way I like to describe it is I get paid to be a friend to somebody and listen to them. I'm like a therapist without the degree. So, um... The way that I listen and the way that I care for my guests and the clients that I am assigned to, um... It, it all just kind of depends on, like, what type of trauma they've gone through. Some people come to us and they have drug abuse, um, they have trauma with domestic violence, sexual abuse, stuff like that. So, it all depends on the person. And uh, we, last year, I want to say, we finished a whole class on trauma-based care and how to... Um, treat those who are experiencing trauma or has had past trauma and are still dealing with it. So we'll see if this article is true enough. Uh, Attachment trauma is any trauma that occurs during specific stages of a child's development. The most common form of developmental trauma occurs with attachment, where the child has a sense of safety, security, predictability, and trust and they're damaged from abuse, neglect, or inconsistent, unpredictable care from the primary caregiver. Very true. People with unprocessed attachment trauma often report similar patterns of behavior and somatic or psychological uh, symptoms that affect quality of their adult lives, including their choices in relationships, yet many may be struggling with the signs and symptoms of trauma without knowing it. It is estimated that 6% of the population will experience symptoms of PTSD in their lifetime and that nearly 60% of males and 50% of females have experienced significant trauma in their lives. And no, we're not talking about woke trauma, people. Gen Z, sit down. Unhealed attachment trauma can have devastating effects on the overall quality of a person's life, including the ability to present uh, in their relationships and the choices they make for themselves. Most of us have probably read about how unhealed attachment trauma can create a compulsion to repeat these core wounds. Repetition, compulsion. um, Which is a type of OCD, because every time... um, Someone who has OCD usually has repetitive compulsions to switch a light or clean or what have you. So that is a type of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, By unconsciously choosing romantic partners that trigger their own developmental trauma, however, there are less known but equally damaging signs of unprocessed developmental trauma. Five subtle signs of unprocessed Uh, Attachment uh, trauma can include, one, chronic pain. Unexplained physical ailments may originate from having experienced nearly, or early trauma, sorry. Existing um, research correlates symptoms of fibromyalgia, uh, headaches, gastrointestinal upset, insomnia, muscle aches, back pain, chest pain, and chronic fatigue, as associated with the aftermath of experiencing the chronic developmental trauma, especially physical abuse. For example, in a sample of adults being assessed on attachment security, those with insecure attachment styles, including anxious, avoidant, and uh, disorganized attachment styles, experienced higher frequencies of somatic symptoms and higher in incidents of physical and emotional abuse in childhood than those with a more attachment style or of a more secure attachment style. Let's see. Unexplained psychological symptoms. So this is number two. It is very common that people with uh, histories of developmental trauma 
um, battle obsessive compulsive behavior. It tends mood swings, irritability, anger problems, depression, emotional numbing, and severe anxiety. These symptoms can facilitate from mild to severe, um, often occur and may um, happen intermittently throughout the day where uh, moments of the peace and calm are interrupted with feelings of sadness, anger, and anxiety. More concerning is that many with histories of developmental trauma will distract themselves from these symptoms by minimizing or rationalizing them or may turn to substance abuse or behavior addictions um, as maladaptive ways of um, overcompensating and self-numbing. Number three is self-sabotage. Yeah, this this one is very true. Um, At the root of this pattern is a cycle of um, hurting others, hurting themselves. Equally common is heightened um, emotional sensitivity from unprocessed attachment trauma, which kicks the cycle into gear. Cycles often play out in a circular dance where lashing out, shutting down, or impulse self-defeating behavior results in feelings of guilt, shame, and self-loathing. Anyway, because many of uh, many with histories of attachment trauma are not continuously aware of their wounds, they operate in survival mode, unconsciously testing or challenging the um, emotional investment of those in their lives when pushing them away out of self-preservation and fears of abandonment. Yep, that is that is textbook. Um, this leads to a pattern of making poor choices. And uh, for themselves based on impulsivity. Number four is trauma-blocking behaviors. This one, I so far this uh, article has been really spot on. So we are just going to keep going. Let's see. This is commonly seen with emotional numbing, avoidance, and uh, escapism, which occur by engaging momentarily rewarding behaviors that distract Uh, from traumatic memories or pain. The problem with this pattern is twofold. First, it maintains a pattern of escapism which does not allow the person to process traumatic pain in a healthy way. True. Um, There are a lot of people that won't progress in their life because they decide to escape instead of actually dealing with what they've gone through and healing from it. So, um... The big um, example that I can think of is when some people end up holding on to like childhood things and acting like a child more um, in certain times, in certain situations, instead of actually dealing with it like an adult. It's um, a compulsive behavior, so they don't really know how to deal with the um, situation so they end up creating this um, child-like habit of maybe using their phone to watch cartoons or um, drawing all the time and not looking for a job or I, I it all depends that I'm not here trying to bash anybody who likes those things. It's when things become too obsessive and excessive to the point where it gets in the way of the progression of that person's life. So secondly, over time it requires more and more distraction in order to continue avoiding the pain as it surfaces. Um, Trauma blocking is seen in compulsive behaviors uh, that include drug or alcohol addiction, emotional eating, Um, turning to relationships to self-numb, workaholism, compulsive and dangerous exercise routines, compulsive internet or technology use, or any other compulsive behaviors that are used to push away intrusive thoughts and emotions. Number five is control issues. This, I feel like, is where narcissism may come in. Narcissism is a real diagnosis, And it is something that plagues a lot of men 
and women. I don't know which one is more dominant when it comes to narcissism. But narcissism is just basically a way to emotionally uh, protect themselves from being wrong because the way this person sees it is that if they're wrong, then something bad happens or that they're not looked at the same way to the person that they love. And it, it's, um, it's like building a house of cards and it's like the most magnificent thing that this person has ever built. And it, they're very proud of it. They're very proud of making this house of cards. But then all of a sudden, something happens and the cards fall down. It's what happens. They end up blaming somebody else, right? That's usually how narcissism works. But many who developed control issues in their adult lives were children who felt helpless and were left vulnerable. They may have uh, come from an overly controlling caregiver who refused their um, autonomy, uh, made harsh demands and expectations of them, or may have been neglected and left their own devices, left to their own devices um, to handle things. As adults, they may now control over everything in their life to gain sense of order or to push away feelings of anxiety or fears. An overwhelming feeling of powerlessness over their life and childhood often manifests as an over-controlling of everything in their adult lives. So yes, that is very, very true. Um... Anyway, recovery from trauma is different for everyone, and it is important to recognize whether you have experienced childhood developmental trauma and to reach a place of self-awareness with its effects in your adult relationships. Um, because the effects of trauma are often pushed away and ignored as too, um, as too threatening or too um, our ability to function. It is important to recognize um, if there is a pattern of pushing away, avoiding, or escapism in play. Equally important is to speak to a trauma therapist uh, who can help guide and support you in your healing journey. Okay. So, these are the 10 fruits you should eat every week according to a dietitian. And since I am low on time, because if I don't get it at least an hour exactly or under an hour, I cannot upload it to YouTube. So let's just keep, let's just, let's just do this. I'm not, I can't waste time. So the introduction, I'm going to skip. What is number one? Blueberries are a nutritional powerhouse, says Lon Ben Asher, MSRDLD, slash, and nutri nutritionist at uh, Pritikin Longevity Center. Okay. Uh, they contain uh, anthocyanins, which are poly. Pi my god. Why do health words have to be long? Uh, phytochemical flavonoids that give the blue and purple color and act as antioxidants that kill free radicals. Alright, along with antioxidants reducing inflammation and the body, blueberries are also rich in numerous vitamins and minerals including vitamin C, vitamin K, manganese. Blueberries are also a rich source of sol soluble fiber, which is important in reducing cardiovascular disease and helping to blunt the glucose spike in people with blood sugar um, compromise, uh, says Ben Asher. Okay, number two is apples. I love apples. They're, they're my favorite. Apples and peanut butter, all the way. Best snack ever. Apples have many anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties that have been shown to reduce the risk of 
um, many chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer due to the polyphenolic compounds, says Ben Asher. It also is rich in soluble and insoluble fiber, which helps uh, support gastrointestinal health. Along with these fibers, um, although these fibers are different, soluble fibers absorb water and create a gel that moves food quickly through the digestive tract, while insoluble fibers help to bulk up stool and makes it easier to go to the bathroom. Okay, Um, apples contain both helping you uh, feel full and satisfied. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know how you say that word. Oranges. That's number three. Alright. While oranges are popularly known as the higher in vitamin C, they also provide a unique set of nutrients including potassium, iron, calcium, vitamin E, and numerous vitamin B uh, vitamins. And vitamin C helps to build collagen which uh, delays skin aging and keeps you looking young. Well, I'll remember to rub an orange on my face. Uh, Let's see, orange pulp also has a high polyphenol count, which helps to protect your cells from damage per a 2019 study. Number four is prunes. I don't think anybody likes prunes. They're really good fiber, though. I I will say dried fruits can also be beneficial source of nutrients that uh, need to be included in your diet, Um, especially prunes. Prunes are known to help with digestion thanks to their high fiber content, helping to bulk uh, poop, stool, (laughs) and making it easier to go to the bathroom. Prunes also contain a high amount of vitamin K, uh, which helps develop certain proteins added for blood clotting and are blood needed for blood clotting and bone building. <laughs> okay. Um, studies show eating prunes help prevent and um, delaying bone, bone loss. Okay. That's cool. Raspberry. I like raspberries. 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 Anybody like Stuggy? I think he's hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> Um, of all fruits, raspberries are known for having one of the highest amounts of fiber, containing 8 grams per cup, which uh, is 32% of your daily value. Awesome! Getting a sufficient amount of fiber in your diet is important for weight management, reducing your risk of heart disease and diabetes, uh, keeping your gut microbiome healthy, and keeping your blood sugar level steady. Raspberries are also known for being rich in a source of magnesium, known for regulating numerous body functions such as protein synthesis, um, muscle and nerve function, blood sugar control, and blood pressure regulation per the National Institutes of Health. Number six is blackberries. I only like blackberries in smoothies. So here's my favorite recipe. You get raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, and blackberries all together. Blend that up with some orange juice. Um, I used to add, like, yogurt if you want to add yogurt in it. It's great for, like, thickness and stuff. But you can also get the same effect with just, like, water and orange juice. It's amazing. It tastes great. Especially if you like, like, tart-tasting smoothies. But... Blackberries are equally as high in fiber as raspberries, uh, with almost 8 grams per cup per the USDA. However, blackberries are known for being richer, a richer source of antioxidants, manganese, copper, vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin K. Um, similar to black blueberries, blackberries also contain uh, anthocyanins. Number seven is bananas. Bananas? Bananas are high in dietary fiber, which helps keep food in your stomach longer, um, reducing your hunger and keeping you satiated. Is that even a word? Thus contributing to the better weight management and reduced risk of uh, obesity. They are also very high in potassium, 
which is an electrolyte required by the body and has been shown to be a major factor in blood pressure control and reduced risk of stroke when um, paired with a reduced sodium intake. Tomatoes. I still think that tomatoes are a freaking vegetable. They don't, it don't taste like all the other fruits, therefore, they're vegetable. Shut up. While tomatoes are typically associated with vegetables um, because of how they are grown on a vine hanging from a tree, they are considered a fruit, okay, and should definitely be incorporated into your healthy eating plan. Um, along with a burst of vitamin A, tomatoes are known for being a strong source of lycopin. Lycopene. Another powerful antioxidant that helps to eliminate free radicals and reduce the risk of developing chronic diseases. Number nine is watermelon. I thought there was only seven of these. Along with having a high amount of uh, lycopene, watermelon is considered one of the most hydrating fruits. 92% of it contains water. Uh, while the while this alone is a great reason to enjoy uh, this fruit, especially during the hot summer months, watermelon can relieve sore muscles for or after exercise due to its potassium content. However, watermelon is one of the best fruits to support healthy blood pressure. Avocados are that's a vegetable. Shut up. Av- <laughs> Avocados are rich in fat-soluble vitamins, uh, such as vitamin E, K, um, which help support healthy skin, hair, nails, and cell membrane permeability, as well as water-soluble vitamins, such as vitamin C, and many B vitamins that help support the immune system and, uh, and ocular health. Alright, they're also great sources of healthy polyunsaturated omega-3 fats and monounsaturated fats, um, which are used to uh, replace saturated fats (laughs) and have been shown to reduce cardiovascular disease and improve blood sugar control. Yeah, that's great. On to the next one. So, you guys know already, if you've been here for a while, I mean, if you if you are new, hi, but listen, all of you, um, I don't know, what do you call people who have been here for a long time? Patrons? <laughs> I don't know. People who have been here for a while, you guys know that I love Korean shows, Japanese shows. They don't necessarily have to be anime, but the reason why is that I think, you know, foreign films and foreign, like, uh, shows have a really good view on creativity. It's very unique and very fun, and, uh, Korean shows specifically have really been catching my eye. So, um, this show that I've been watching, I I watched a few episodes of Glitch on Netflix. You can find it on Netflix. (laughs) And, uh, it is, it is great. Um, it is about a woman who has had, like, some UFO experiences in her life as a child. And in her adulthood, um, like, her boyfriend at the time, like, gets abducted by aliens. And then there's, like, this whole cult of, like, people who believe in the UFOs being, like, God or something. And she has to, like, try to track down her boyfriend in order to, you know, save his life. Because they don't really know where he's at. So she kind of goes on this wild goose chase trying to find her boyfriend and stuff like that. But it is so interesting. 
it is imperfect. It is weird. And I like that. Uh, it, it's just creative. I like it. So we're gonna read this article. So... Korean series Glitch brings sci-fi suspense sense of humor to Netflix. Busan, South Korea, October 6th, sci-fi uh, comedy thriller Glitch is looking to become the next breakout hit from South Korea on Netflix. That's cool. Uh, let's see. With a genre mashup and twisty plot that ultimately revolves around its two leading women. Glitch premiered Thursday at the Busan International Film Festival one day before it will drop on the global streaming platform, which it already has. Uh, which has been home to several blockbuster Korean dramas such as Squid Games um, to Extraordinary Attorney Wu. I still have to watch Squid Game. I don't know why I haven't, but director Ro Diak, who made the 2013 romance Very Ordinary People, said the show is not limited to a single genre. Uh, it is a buddy comedy and has a little sci-fi thriller and mystery as well. The, or she told the audience at a screening of the first four episodes of the ten-part series. Let's see. Glitch tells the story of Hong Yi Hyo, um, the financio star Jian Yo Bin, a 30-year-old office worker whose life seems relatively stable, uninspiring, and she has a job and a long-term boy... Long-term boyfriend, Lee Seagok, um, who is Lee Dong Hui. I don't know how to pronounce these names. I'm really sorry. They're really great actors, though. Uh, who wants to take the next step and move in together. Even if Ji-ho uh, appears to just be going through the emotions. We quickly learn, however, that... Uh, Things are not buttoned down as they seem, and uh, Jiyo's world, phones, television, and computer screens around her regularly go on the fritz, seeing electromagnetic static with a rapid-fire stream of confusing images and ominous messages. Jiyo also uh, happens to occasionally run across the little gray alien straight out of a UFO central casting with a um, scrawny body, oversized head, and, a, and big eyes, and for some reason, a baseball helmet. I thought it was an army helmet. Okay. Um, he tries to convince, or no, she tries to convince herself that it's all in her head, but things take a turn when Seagook disappears. Was he abducted by aliens, or did, the, the, did he ghost on a relationship uh, that had been stuck in neutral for years. Let's see. Mysterious crop circles and a frightening apocalyptic cult enter the mix as well. Gio's quest for answers leads, to, leads her to a UFO forum um, and a motley band of conspiracy enthusiasts played for comic effect. It is her close encounter um, with one of them tattooed YouTuber Hio Bora or former K-pop star Nana uh, that becomes Glitch's center of gravity. Two share a past that slowly reveals itself as they team up to solve the mystery of the missing boyfriend and it is their growing bond that grounds the divergent, sometimes jarringly so, strands of comedy Mystery, darkness, and over otherworldly <laughs> weirdness uh, on display. Okay. Uh, whether Glitch can pull all these uh, strands together to a, into a satisfying whole and the process become the next South Korean breakout hit in Netflix uh, remains to be seen, but the first four episodes are filled with Enough twists, cliffhangers, and surprises to keep audiences guessing and likely wanting to come back for more. 
glitch is appearing as part of an on-screen section for Busan International Film Festival and streaming category first appeared last year with three selections including Hellbound in 2022. Um, nine titles will be presented including the world premiere of seven Korean language series. Um, glitch is penned by Jean Hansei who wrote the popular 2020 Netflix um, series Extracurricular, the series Dreams Friday on Netflix. It's already on, guys, but I just wanted you to know what the story was about, the whole show. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to me. I know I was up and down and being all nuts and crazy. Thank you for putting up with me. I will see you in the trenches next time. Bye-bye!